Trials transform my mind. Now in a lot of cases, I see pain as a pleasantry. Tender scenes watching fake love turn real hate. These days, I just pray. Because human ears are born biased anyway. I won fights because the battles I lost mentally. Evil voices in my head pitching ideas with consistency. Life and death in the tongue, so I bite my bullet. Hey, what's going on, everyone? We have another episode of Game Time Excellence, where we talk about your mission, mindset, mastery, and maintenance. Today, we have another special guest. Uh, she's 6'2". She's from Brooklyn. My dad is from Brooklyn, so we already have that special connection right there. Uh, she was a professional basketball player, and uh, she went on to work for the league's front office. Uh, for the people that don't know who you are, that should know who you are, can you tell them a little bit about yourself, Maria Laterza? Did I say that? Uh, yes, you did. You said you crushed it. You crushed it, which is usually pretty hard. Um, so super kudo points. Um, hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Jamil, for, for having me on your podcast and, and just getting to talk about you 3 m So I'm super pumped about it. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Maria. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I played professional basketball in Italy for about six years. Um, I am American, but I'm also Italian. Um, so whole family is, is born and bred in Italy. Um, and I had the, the privilege to play for the Italian national team, compete at the highest level in FIBA. Um, I retired early in, in 2016. I pulled my cards out super soon because um, I had the, the opportunity to work in the NBA front office um, in international basketball operations. So I, I retired because I was tired of the travel and, and kind of staying away. And then uh, I got blessed with a job that kind of had me on the road about 320 days of the year pre this pandemic. Um, and, and yeah, so that's just kind of been my life. And, and now that my, my future goal is um, to pursue working for an NBA team. So that's what I'm in the process of doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, super New York kid through and through. So in this podcast, you might hear my New York accent. I try to mask it, but sometimes it pops in and out. Right, right. No, that's really cool. And, and um, you know, like I said, my, my dad's from Brooklyn and he still makes fun of, you know, he's been in Oklahoma for... Uh, over 20 years and he still wow. makes fun of you know uh some oklahoma people by them saying like pop or uh, pop. water or crowns um, crayons or crowns yeah like or, or, or who's over there who's over there he's like over there Who, what's that you know so um right. my dad's a, a new york type of guy you know through and through so um you know your journey though you know to get to um to a place where you're playing professional sports is yeah. a big deal. Um, was that your mission, you know, growing up at a at an early age, or you know, what was your mission, you know, starting off? Shoot, I you know, I, I wish it was. Um, I wish that was my mission growing up, or I wish that I had better, um, I had a better an idea of what the mission for me could be. Um, I grew up in uh, inner city New York City, right in a very lower to to middle class working neighborhood. Uh, my Italian American culture, you know, women are supposed to get married young and, and just kind of be in the kitchen and have babies. Um, and I always, let's just say where I grew up in, in South Brooklyn, uh, I always stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, usually the, the, the body type of, of an Italian American woman is about like five foot three to five foot five. And I've always just been really tall. Um, and sports in my neighborhood are big, but not, not too big for women. So, um, I think that when I was younger, in my earlier years, I was a bit of a knucklehead, like most of us can be. And I always wanted to be in the park with my friends. And I, uh, my father at one point had to pay me like $20 to go to practice in high school. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think uh, I bought in super early in my life because I don't think that I truly was aware of a pathway because I didn't have anybody from my neighborhood that was doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think my my mission that is now is is creating that pathway and like that for for children back here, back home in New York City, specifically where I grew up from. Right, right. But when I was younger, shoot, I, I think if if I had that pathway or I had those mentors or just someone that was like me from from my background or something similar um i think my i would say my career path would have been easier we all have a destiny right so i I strongly believe that whatever it is your path and whatever the lord has laid out for you like Mm -hmm. that's going to happen in one form or another um i just i took a lot of side roads Mm -hmm. (laughs) i still am on the side roads i believe but um, buying in early um, is definitely important. For me, it wasn't the case. Right, right. And, and I think you said something that's so, you know, important for women, um, people of color. Uh, visual represent- representation is so yep. key. You know, if you're if you're not able to to see it, you know, it's it's hard it's hard to to achieve it. You know, that's that cliche saying. You know, if you can see it, you can achieve it. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. Like all that right there. But it's so true. Um, yep. And that's cool that, that you didn't have the pathway and you still were able to um, find your way to success in professional basketball. Um, you know, what was that like going from high school to to Italy? So the the big chunk in between that is, I mean, I, I played basketball in college at, at Marist um, oh, and Marist, um, right. we're at Marist Red Foxes. So it's right. about two hours north of New York City mm-hmm. um, at the time. So I played from 2011, 2011. We were like the number one mid-major in the country, the typical Cinderella story, like the dry and crusher. Mm-hmm. And I believe that I, because I didn't have a lot of, my, my parents are immigrants. They didn't go to college. I'm first generation. Mm-hmm. So even my selection process to picking the right school for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked the right school based off of education. So I'm, I'm super fortunate for it. I wanted to stay close to home, very close mm-hmm. to my grandmother, my family. Um, and I picked Marist off, off the presumption that like in New York City, the, the school holds weight. It's a very, it's a good program, big alumni. And, I'm, and it helped me to this day to, to where I am now. But um, I, like you mentioned, I'm six foot two mm-hmm. and I was going to a mid-major, but I have a six foot two big East body. Like I'm strong, I take hits, right? And those are things that I, that my family or the people that were in my college circle decision-making, which wasn't very big. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't take that really into consideration. We didn't know. I didn't right, know right. conferences and stuff. And I was, we were just happy that we were getting, I was getting a scholarship. Right, right. Um, so I ended up going to college and not playing for four years, really. I think I averaged um, about eight minutes a game, mm-hmm. um, didn't play at all my freshman year. And those, those developmental years for me were very fundamentally like tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in those cases that I loved everything about my school. My, my, my playing situation was just, it wasn't what I wanted, mm-hmm. but we were winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my team. I loved our culture. So uh, I guess I've always, I've, I've always been a big picture person. Um, so I, I could have been like many people, but like transfer and, mm-hmm. I'm definitely the kind of person I think I credit this to like my New York city culture, just my, how I grew up. It's just, I'm the person who I'm going down with the sinking ship. Right, right, right. And not a lot of people like that. And it is my Achilles heel, I think Mm -hmm. in so many ways, because I'm still like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just love where I was at. Right. Um, But in tune, I heard no a lot. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of no's. Um, 
one year I wouldn't play because I didn't, I wasn't shooting three well. And so that whole summer I became obsessive with my game and I'd come back next fall and then just draining threes. Right. Then I wouldn't play because I couldn't cross over and we did like a five out motion and same thing next summer after that. And it was just constant instead of, I've often, I learned very, at a very, very young age that, age that sometimes people will only tell you things that, that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard. It's very, very hard when you're 18, 19, especially a young woman coming into your own, you have your family stuff, you're away from home, I think to try to put that all together to understand what is the best decision to make for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that was tough. Um, but I kind of, I built a thick skin around it. And I guess it's like New York City sort of attitude where I was just like, right, right, right. <laughs> no, yeah. that's not what that's not what we're going to do. So I built this, this thick skin and this perseverance. And by the time I got to my uh, my senior junior year, I had family in Italy. I had been going there and I'm spending my summers like playing on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to rebuild confidence back for for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I could always play quick on my feet, and then uh, up until this day, like my preparation and then opportunity just continued to meet. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always I'm always ready. Like right. that was my role in college. Like you know we have coaches that are always like hey if you want to go in like you need to stay ready if you're not like and and that was just what it was like for me like I always had to stay ready because I would get a chance and then the one mess up I was getting pulled out right right and you kind of and from that I mean it sounds like it's a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. I feel like for a young kid Mm -hmm. but um that's something that's just stuck with me so like I'm just always ready my energy I'm always just ready I'm ready to go Mm -hmm. like put me in and whatever it is yeah no that's really dope um Especially, you know, you kind of already hit on it. So you already hit on the, the second M is, you know, your mindset and your mindset was being shaped, you know, when you were in college, you know, being told no and, and being able to go back in the lab and work on that skill and then being told yeah. no again and then go back in the lab again and, and work on that skill some more. And then when you got to Italy, um, yeah. was it was it some of the same trials and tribulations uh, that you faced in college or was it a little different? I think it was a little different in the sense that when I, when I went pro, Mm -hmm. the proof was essentially in the, in the pudding. Right. So like I was nice. Mm -hmm. I was always nice. Mm -hmm. I just was in a situation where I just, I couldn't play and all that stuff. But by the time I got to Italy, the only, I was, you put me in the game, you gave me, you gave me 40 minutes and I was going to produce in one form or another. Mm -hmm. And um, because I had played, I was playing with anger for Mm -hmm. so long. I was, I really had a huge chip on my shoulders. I was mad. Uh, my grandmother and my grandmother was very close with ended up passing away when I was in college. Right. And, uh, and a bunk, uh, a bulk of that was this, this guilt that I had that I was so obsessed with my craft that I had stayed away from home for so long, mm-hmm. essentially for when I was just going to play. Right, right. So I, I carried that along with me and I carried that anger and that fuel for most of my career until mm-hmm. when I was finally at peace with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it was still even difficult. You go overseas and unless you came from like a big E school, um, you were the thousand point scorer. Um, it's very difficult to find stories like mine in the overseas field on the women's side and on the men, like, unless you were like that guy or girl from the mid major, you don't see it a lot. Like people who who play eight minutes a game aren't like, they're not having huge careers in Europe. Um, but I had, I, you know, I, I've always been this person that I, I love talking to people and I love mm-hmm. connecting. And for me, it's very genuine and it's very organic because I genuinely am curious about how other people are, what their, what their backgrounds are. I love to learn from people. 
And I was like that in college. I was like that. I'm like that still today and throughout that time. So I was able to connect and just meet people who genuinely wanted somebody who was going to go down with the sinking ship. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and I was able to build off that. It was hard, though. Like the first three years, I wasn't getting had I had a better college situation, mm-hmm. I would have gotten better contracts. Right. I would have gone to places quicker. Right. Um, it's, I got there. Um, but it just took me a little bit and, and I guess now I'm just, I'm learning that it's just like the, like the journey itself truly is like the destination. Mm, exactly. No, that's so true. You know, and, and who you become, uh, along, uh, when you're going to your destination is so cool. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, even though it wasn't the, the, the perfect scenario that you wanted, but I think that you know, going through all those no's and, yep. and going through what you went through in Italy, you know, made you a better person, you know. For I, sure. I think you agree with that. And then, so my question for you, you know, I lost my mom to cancer a couple of years ago. And, oh, sorry. Um, I actually did like a, a talk about letting go of baggage. And so for um, me and my mom, you know what I mean? I was like, I was the rock. She passed away. I'm trying to, you know, be tough for everyone. And then a year later, I'm like, dang, I'm still holding on to, this this stuff inside you know and i gotta let it go because if i don't let it go i won't ever be able to reach my full potential and so you know you talked about um your grandma passing away yeah um have you been able to kind of like let let go of some of the baggage and and how have you been able to do that in your journey yeah i um i carried that baggage and the anger for a long time And, and what i've what i've learned about death and mourning is that everyone does it differently. And like, I don't think that anyone has ever stops mourning. Um, I, I use that anger and that fuel and that, like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And because in the beginning of my career, like Mm. when I graduated college and I was a fan favorite, like everyone was Mario, what are you going to do? Are you going to get a big job in the city? Like, Mm. and I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to go play overseas in Italy for the national team. And people would, people literally would look at me and be like, right. How are you? Like, bless your heart. How are you going to do that? Um, but I got to the point where, and I think as athletes, we, because people, you know, we even see it today, people pigeonhole us, even though we have all these great, they pigeonhole us. And like a lot of times our sport is, our sport is number one to us. Like that is our number one sacrifice. And we miss out on a lot of things, a lot of my guilt. And even the guilt that I have just from being a professional athlete is, is the years that I've missed because I love this game so much. Yeah, you got to sacrifice what I've, so much. Yeah. Sacrifice. Family, uh, friends, holidays. We don't, we don't get that, especially when we're in the, we're in the, literally the, the height of our craft. Mm-hmm. But I, it's funny. I, like you said, you can't hold on for too long because then it becomes too heavy. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a tremendous career in Italy. Like I, I made the national team wasn't supposed to happen. Then I was a starter on the national team and I was playing on the biggest stage in Europe with WNBA players mm. holding my ground, essentially proving to everyone, like, this is who I should have been. This right, is, right. this is me. You were very wrong. Right, right. Um, and I'll even on the limb in terms of Maris college, I, I probably arguably on the women's side and even on the men's side, I'm probably in the top five of people who had a, the best professional careers overseas. Mm. And I didn't, and like, I'm not on any, I'm not on any record boards. Mm -hmm. So 
I won like three championships. I always had a winning season. I mean, even in my college, between the, the winning I did in college and, and overseas, like it translated. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to my senior, my, my fifth year. So I was about to make my jump to the W and I just had to pound like a certain amount of stats. And I, uh, I tore my shoulder labrum mm-hmm. and then I couldn't play. Right. And that was a whole other like hurdle of like injury. And then I had the morning on top of it, but I just got to the point where when that injury happened, and I realized that I had to reassess my career completely in terms of recovery, rebuilding, mm-hmm. because my injury was was tough. I was the kid who could always take a hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my special, like two specialties playing basketball were rebounding mm-hmm. and just toughness, physical right. toughness, mental toughness. And it wasn't because I was like a bully and I wanted to like fight everybody. It right, was right. just literally because like you had to be a cement wall to knock me down. I was just good. I was like a robot, not right, right. getting back up. Yeah. And I noticed that theme in my life that like, I'm, I'm so used to being in the situation mm-hmm. that for me, it just, okay, we're down, we get back up, right, down, right. we get back up and death. I think the dealing with the morning from 19 and never, and playing basketball and never really getting to mourn it properly. Like my grandmother had passed away and I was, I was off playing a basketball tournament right, and I was right. her closest grandchild it was very difficult. Um, I think I just got to the point where in, even in my basketball career, when I had to really reassess and change positions, like if I wanted to continue, I would have to play a guard, right. which is fine. I could do that, but that's a lot of work. You know how it is to change positions. Um, and I just got tired. I think, I think I got to the point where I was like, I had accomplished everything already. Mm-hmm. Um, I won the chance. I had nothing left to prove to anyone. I was mm-hmm. living in Milan. I had this like great lifestyle. I was always mm-hmm. out. I went from, super, super unknown to essentially being like one of the it girls in Milan because I, I speak Italian fluently. I have all my Italian friends. I'm 30 pounds lighter. I'm about mm-hmm. to get into like TV modeling and like mm-hmm. on a big stage. And like, for me, it's crazy because mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just me. I'm like Maria from right, Brooklyn, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but I got to the point where the morning and then just the tiredness of carrying the baggage um, I kind of just came to terms with it. I had like, right. I had nothing left to be angry about anymore. Right, right. Okay. I had nothing. That was really it. I, yeah. I wasn't, uh, I was very much at peace. Mm-hmm. Um, just had nothing left to be mad about. Right, right. So you basically got tired of like holding on to it. And then at, at some point in time, you were like, I, I got to let it go. Is, right. Is that, yeah, okay. Now that's big right there. And, and um, you see that with people too, as far as like losing weight, uh, just whatever it may be. Um, with, when they're tired of just being tired, it's just time yep. to move forward. And, and that, that's really cool to hear that you were able to do that. And it's cool. I love the underdog story. I love, cause that's, Crazy. that's how my career was. You know, I, I only had one scholarship, um, coming out of that's high wild. school. Um, you know, I, I was a freshman all American at Wyoming, started my second year transfer and I couldn't get another school to give me a scholarship. So I had to walk Crazy. on Oklahoma state. And then I ended up starting two years there and then go on to the NFL. And, um, you know, I just love underdog stories. I think story, I think underdog stories is something that everyone can relate to because I think we all um, are an underdog in some form or fashion. Right. So um, transitioning though. Okay. So, so now, you know, you go from high school, college, Italy, um, about to be an actor, all all this stuff right here. And then you go to the league office yeah. Um, and then how was that transition for you? For me, it was, I never even thought, I mean, I, I'd always been thinking of life after basketball, 
but it didn't occur to me that the skills and the things that the knowledge that I acquired overseas internationally were really going to put me in a position that were ahead of a lot of people when it came to working in the international space of basketball. Um, but it was also positioning. Like I, you know, women's basketball players don't get paid a ton overseas. And I wasn't necessarily, a, I was a national team player. So I always, I was a little better taken care of, but man, I came home in the summer. And if I was home for six weeks in the summer, I was working in a restaurant as a hostess in New York city, but I was very strategic in what I was doing. So the restaurant I was working at was the restaurant in Midtown, three blocks away from the front office of the NBA. And that's where all my colleagues and my, and my future boss would go have their, like their business meetings, essentially. Um, and I knew that, and I knew I wanted to, I was like, great. I'm like, and it's an Italian restaurant. All the people there, like super Italian guys, they couldn't eat. If Adam Silver walked in, bless his heart, like they would put him on the worst table because they just, they didn't have this overall knowledge that they needed to know in New York city, VIP life, like hospitality is very important. So I added that value. Um, and I got to connect with the people who was who eventually became my my future colleagues. Mm-hmm. That transition was hard though, right? I um, I was still planning on playing, but the opportunity um, while I was recovering from my injury came to me while I was working in the restaurant and just kind of like mm-hmm. having a. Then that's how it happens. Like right. a, a lot of the deals, a lot of a lot of just connections and jobs are just ha- happen organically, like in just time and place. So right. um, I was signed to go back to do my. Uh, to complete, I think it was like my seventh year mm. and I was signed and I was ready. And, um, about four days after I signed, I bumped into, um, my future boss at the time and her, her executive assistant was getting deployed to Afghanistan. She was in the military, the executive assistant, and they needed to fill a spot quickly. Right. I was home and looking to be home for a bit. So I guess preparation and just like <laughs> timing of everything, right, right. um, that role opened up and, I had to learn a lot of things quick and I was fortunate that I was in, in a, and then I'm one day I just, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to retire and I'm going to, I'm going to go work in the NBA. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, what? Right, right. Like, what yeah. do you mean? I'm like, I'm going to go uh, working in the NBA. I'm the, uh, I'm the executive assistant to uh, the president, the vice president, right, and then right. a, a consultant there. Everyone's right. just like, what? Um, but, and I didn't even realize I said this all the time when I'm still very close with, with my mentor that, um, that I had my first initial interview with and and I couldn't even remember what I said in the interview to make this man think that I was able to, to like handle all of his calendar, his bookings his like all of it. Cause I just, I didn't even know, but I think he was a performer. He was a, a former professional athlete. The NBA is filled in front of us filled with people who played sports at a high level. Um, and it was, it was innately that it was coincidentally all the things that I had been through my underdog story, the perseverance and like, the ability to just figure shit out, mm-hmm. excuse my French. Like that's right, the right. biggest thing. And like uh, my transition was a lot of that, right. but I was prepared for it. Like for me, this was, I'm like, I was very happy to be here type. And I would say that um, I had to learn by making a lot of mistakes in some areas. And I was fortunate that I was around people who were very patient with me that were very, you know, you got this, keep it up. No, it's okay. You'll get the next one. Um, and by the time I got, so I was there for four years up until this past July, so by the time I got to my second and third year and some promotions started to come and I started getting uh, more projects and being the lead on, on different sort of aspects of it, mm-hmm. um, I was very well equipped and essentially, but these are the skills that I didn't think that were going to be uh, helpful for me in the future mm-hmm. ended up being the ones that set me apart from a lot of different right, right, right. people. Yeah. And, and if you look at your, 
you know, have you ever read Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 Hours? No, I haven't. Okay. So, you know, uh, I don't know if it's called 10,000 Hours, but he talks about um, in order to master a skill, it takes around like 10,000 hours. And if yes. you look at uh, um, your skill of, you know, these, these are your words. These aren't, these aren't my words. Uh, yeah, figuring yeah. shit out. Um, <laughs> uh, that's what we do. Yeah, <laughs> but if you look at it from high school, you know, what I mean, um, yeah. from high school to college, you know, being told no, and even like with uh, not getting contracts you deserve early on mm-hmm. in your career in Italy, um, you were able to figure it out at a, right. in, a, in a fast way, and so you get this job and you apply those same skills. And I encourage um, anyone who is looking for an employee hire an athlete because an yep. athlete has so many skills that translate outside beyond their sport you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and if you can get an athlete athlete so driven has has so much work ethic can it can learn at a at a fast rate and a lot of times you, know, you have these employers that don't see that and so i think it's important right. to be able to tra- to to communicate that to them like you know i I'm, i've been doing this since i was five years old you know what i mean so right. the skills that you're asking me to do i got twenty thousand hours at this absolutely 10, so that's, yep. that's cool that you're able to say that and so yeah my it's funny i didn't even correlate that to you until you said it my even growing up i'm an only child and my parents like barely spoke italian didn't go to college so like mm-hmm. once i got past middle school or elementary like i didn't really have support for like homework for after school like I had, I'm fortunate that I had one or two people who were around me that kept me close that would help me with things. But I mean, I just, even now, I just, I feel like I've been figuring things out since I'm, since I'm 14, 15. Right, right. Um, And that's a big, that's a big chunk of of the job sometimes too, which is, you know, there we, we have this term, especially in corporate, it's like putting out fires. Mm. We're always, there's always like, I was working in in operations. So there's Mm. operations internationally. So a lot of times a, a chunk of my job was going to, these international markets in in Africa, mm-hmm. India, China, Latin America, places that don't are not like as as advanced as we are in the states, and right, just right. having to put out fires and figure stuff out. And and it's funny, um, I I'll never forget the first camp I did. I was in um, I was in Senegal. We were doing um, the first launch of the MBA Academy uh, women's program training camp. So I flew in like I, I booked tickets for for forty of the top. Like international girls playing all over Africa, mm-hmm. but like flights are all over Africa are crazy. So like, it's just, it's not the most easy thing to do to book flights seamlessly. Right. And I just remember like, I don't know. I, I always had this, this thing of like, I, it's very rare that I feel at ease, but I'm always on alert. And most of us are when we work in ops and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I just remember someone saying like, okay, it's like day two. And like, things had been rough the first day. Things were rough the second day. And then like, usually things are downhill from there. But by the third day, things were still rough. This is like my first camp. I'm like, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is insane. Um, and I remember like by day three, one of my colleagues had uh, had like kind of gave me a pat on the back. He's like, hey, Maria, like you're doing a great job. Like relax, like everything is fine. Right, right. And I go, I look at him and like, I'm like, thank you. Like, this is my boy. Like literally one of my favorite people. I looked at him I'm like, but I'm like, something's wrong. And he's just like, Maria, there's nothing wrong. Like it's day three of camp. And uh, that, that day uh, I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking around and he's like, look, the girls are playing, they're dribbling. We're about to go to lunch. And I look at him, I go, what time is it? I think it was like 1130. And literally like the day before lunch was there at like 1105. Mm -hmm. 
small intricacies where I'm like, we're not going to have lunch today. Lunch is going to be late today. Right. And it, and it just so happened that in that moment, the lunch, like they forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the girls were about to break. So I always say that like a big chunk of operations and like what I, what I was accustomed to doing was like putting out fires. But they're only, but like my, my special talent is like, I, I, I'm able to smell the smoke Mm -hmm. and that's such a thing. And that's like, that is a natural thing. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's like an athlete thing, right? That comes from being able to, um, know a scout and, and, and like know your player scout and know like what's going to happen before. Like if somebody makes a certain move four times in a row, guaranteed right, that right. the time they're going to make that move. Right, right. Um, and it's those little things I think that make athletes, especially those who played on a high level, mm-hmm. um, really, really, really like eye catching for a lot of corporate jobs, and they transition. And I don't think that they tell athletes that enough. Right, right. Yeah, hundred percent, exactly. And um, you know, speaking on that, so uh, what is what is your goal moving forward in your career um, for yourself? So um, great, great question. Should we all know? Um, I, uh, you know, like many people um, throughout this whole pandemic and COVID crisis, um, I got let go from my job this, Mm -hmm. this past July. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those bittersweet moments. I had been at the league for four years and like, um, I knew that I was ready for a shift um, and I had, been very very curious as to understanding the inner workings of how things work on on the team operation side mm-hmm. um so my goal going forward uh within the next hopefully in the next year is is i'll be working with an nba team mm-hmm. um i'm trying to figure out now what capacity i want to do that do i want to work in the front office i love ops mm-hmm. um but i'm an athlete and i just want to be on the court right so mm-hmm um is it is it pursuing jobs team side i'm in i'm in the space of really trying to dial in and figure that out mm-hmm. um but it's definitely been difficult like uh there's so many other americans that are out that are out of work now for a job and like mm-hmm. being a woman in sports it's 10 times harder and then innately on my resume i'm not a WNBA player i played professionally but there are so many <laughs> different punches i feel like that are kind of all coming into one it, it's been it's been a rough year um but when i reflect back i'm like this is this is like this happened my whole career (laughs) this has been happening to me since i'm 15 16 so for me it's just like another day Mm -hmm. um but that's that's my goal i know that that's something that's going to be happening and it's just about preparation now i think it's a little it's a little bit more difficult to prepare for that when you're not in market and you don't Mm -hmm. get to see things but Mm -hmm. That's when you kind of have to, you have to rely on the connections that you've made and, right. and just not be afraid to call people and connect with people and talk to them. Um, but that's my goal. I want to work for an NBA team. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically my, I, I think in, in, in the case of, of being somewhere in player development, um, I, from my experiences and just the things that, that I've been through um, in my, and retiring so early, I, I retired really, really early. The mm-hmm. NBA came calling and I was like, you know what? Yes, right, right. because the odds of them calling me for this, I, I knew that wasn't, I knew that opportunity wouldn't come again. Mm-hmm. Um, and for years I dabbled between going back to play and I could still play. So I could still be on court. I could still make things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely been a struggle the last, I think a lot of people are going through this. I mean, on top right. of the pandemic itself, um, players who retire. Um, but I just, I kept saying to myself, like I, I got let go when I was, I was, you know, ready to be a lifer. I thought right, I'm in right. New York, I'm a New York city kid the, the front office is there. And I just, I loved everything about the NBA. 
Um, Adam Silver is just is a great leader. Uh, everything that, that they do with the league is, is amazing. And that's why I want to stay within it and under its branch. Um, and for me, I was so fortunate to, to work in uh, NBA International Basketball Operations for four years. I keep saying like that was I have like two degrees. I have like my, my degree from Marist and I have my, my degree from working in international BB ops. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, I, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I learned a lot of things. I think now the next year is just taking a step back and all these skills and all these things that I've acquired, even the ones that I think are not, wouldn't even be helpful. Mm. Um, how do I harness those and how do I make, right. how do I make those deliverables to, to prove to NBA teams, um, that I'm somebody that they wanted their roster. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I love everything about that. And uh, and for the people that are listening to this and that will be shared this message, um, you know, go get her because she won't be on the market for long. Because, uh, <laughs> we hope so. She is uh, definitely a hard worker, and and you know she figures things out. Uh, figure we we figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so. You know, kind of like a philosophical question, you know, uh, what do you think the, the meaning of life is for you? What do you think the meaning of life? Is? I think I thought about this a ton. Great question. Super philosophical. Um, lately, um, I really feel like the meaning of life is 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 full circle and it, it's tied into the circle of life. And when I say that, like my biggest passion is community. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many things that I've had to figure out that are innately frustrating because I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me this? And sometimes people did tell me, but mm-hmm. the delivery, I couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the meaning of life is each one teach one. Mm-hmm. And I think that so many people today, especially in the climate that we're in, mm-hmm. want to make a difference. They, people are really trying to figure out like, what's my purpose in the world? Mm-hmm. How, do, how am I showing up? How am I making this world better? And I think a lot of people have this misconception that you need a lot of money and you need to you need to form a big coalition to do things and sometimes it's so simple i think it's simple i think it's just identifying somebody where you're from who's similar to you and for me it's children like or for people people that need guidance or just need someone to really tell them how it is and someone who listens and cares Mm -hmm. and helping them um that's what, I, and, and that's the difference I think within our like communities. I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and, and I'm trying to figure out now that I'm home. Like I've had some job opportunities to leave, to leave the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually like, that's something I'm going to be cast with. If, if I do get team opportunities, like I'm going, might have to relocate. Right, right. Um, and, and the things that I think, and like my like life purpose really is like, wow, like I need to be here right now at this moment. Because I don't mind that I'm the first person. Even now, I don't have any mentors where I, where I grew up. I grew up in South Brooklyn area, not like the, the, Brooklyn, the cool Brooklyn everyone knows. I grew up in South Brooklyn. I still, even when I was transitioning to corporate, I very much still struggled finding somebody from Bensoners who told me like, hey, your New York accent is amazing. It's awesome. And you need to use it more because people need to understand that like it, it's your unique quality. But you also need to understand when you go into a meeting, when you have to stay, instead of saying talk, mm-hmm. you have to say speak. Right, right. And these are just little things that I had to just figure out. And like my meaning of life is just help, even if it's helping one other person mm-hmm. uh, uh, do that. that. Yeah, yeah. That's that, what it that's is. That's so big too. Yeah, that's, that's definitely big for everyone to do. Um, 
you know, regardless of what level, you know, you could take that, that you could take that, that same saying from a five-year-old kid to a 80-year-old man, you know, I think everyone needs to exactly teach, yeah, teach one, teach one. I love that. And uh, my last question for you right here. Okay. The grand finale. The uh, grand finale. Okay. I'm uh, so nervous. Go. If, if you had one superpower, what would it be? I want to read minds. Read minds. Okay. I think, and we, I think previously when we, when we caught up, we talked about this. I am definitely somebody who is super spiritual. And I think as I've gotten older, um, I, I'm one of those people that they say is like a really an empath. <laughs> there are people, and we all have empathy. We all have it, but some of us have it more so than others. Right. Um, mine cripples me sometimes. Like I cannot watch the news too much. Someone tells me a sad story and like, I might cry. Like I really feel when, how people feel. Um, and I, I wish now even working in business in the corporate side, like I know some people want to be like invisible and have that stuff. Like I want to read minds. Right, right, right. I so want to read like minds be because scary. I want to like, change. I want to change. change. I want to change the world. You know. I got you. I got you. No, I love that. But then I'll, I'll be like someone walk away and you're reading their mind and they're cussing you out as they're walking away. Better let me know. Let me know how you feel. You know, tell me. Right, right. <laughs> That's fine too. I think like even that like. Uh, I grew up from an also like super big Italian family, so I don't know how what, how much anyone here knows about Italians, but like we when we speak, we yell. <laughs> um, we you know we're we're very passionate, and like sometimes that's okay. I think even in this generation, like we're we're very much getting accustomed to like everybody is offended. Right, right, yeah. Which is fair. Which is fair also, but sometimes I think that you have to have conflict to get over the hump right. yeah um so i mean if someone if i'm walking by and someone's cussing me out i'm like all right cool like i'm glad i know like, yeah. I, i'm glad i'm glad i know right right exactly no that's good right there and i love everything you say right there about you know sometimes you do need to have conflict in order to to get over the hump you know everything can't be uh um roses and peaches roses and whatever i think you roses roses i'll take roses and peaches those are both yeah. very nice yeah. things so, Everything can't be, you know, good all the time. So you do right. have conflict to get over some hump. So I love that exactly. And yeah. um, uh, what is one tip, you know, you can leave the listeners with to help them on their journey? Talk to everybody. Mm. I tell this to kids all the time. Talk to everyone and smile. Mm. And when you talk to people, really listen to what they're saying. That's the biggest key. Um, I credit so much of my gift of gas. Like I love talking. I just, I'll talk forever about things and like, but I also innately love to listen and I love hearing stories and I love hearing other people's experiences. Something as small as that has literally changed the trajectory of my career. I credit everything to just talking to everyone. I don't, I don't care if you're like, I have literally stories of like, we will be on, on site somewhere. And we'll be somewhere in the middle of like Latin America. And like, I'll walk in and I'll talk to like the president of like the facility. Right. And then it's 5 PM and the janitor comes in and I literally every day at 5 PM, I sit and have a conversation with the janitor. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I, because I genuinely want to, it's not, you know, and, and I think that a lot of people, especially as they're in their transition or just they're in sports and they're just trying to climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy when you're climbing to always, to always just keep looking up. Cause people say like, yo, don't look down. You'll get freaked out. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm not, I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking, right. like, look down. Right. Take a glance down. Right. Maybe take – and sometimes you're going to have to take two steps back down. Like, that's the situation right. I'm in now. Yeah. Um, but that that is the biggest thing I say. Like, it, And that's what I tell young kids all the time. Yeah. Like, talk to people. Right. right. Listen to people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the best advice that I can give. Talk and listen. No, I love that. You know, talk and listen and, and, and understanding and, and, and all that is, is so huge. Um, fostering relationships, you know, because uh, I, I think we all need, it's tough uh, living life by yourself. It's tough living life uh, without any mentors, without anybody to pull you along. It, it's tough. And, and if you can talk to people and help someone on their journey, like you were, what you were talking about, and then even have people when you're in a tough time to right. uh, pull you along your journey, which is so cool. So Favors, I think, I think the biggest thing too, when you touch on that, like I... I was at, I worked in the NBA at at the very, very base level. Like I was at at a, I was doing like the person who was getting the the credentials for people like running around getting tickets. And I have this, I have this incredible story from, uh, I was at all-star weekend last year. Um, And it was a a former NBA player that uh, international player. And and we had, when we had all-star in LA, I was, I was the one who was uh, in charge of our hospitality suite for our department. So making sure the suite was good. Basically, I just had to book a party. So for me, I don't know if you guys can gauge, like mm-hmm. probably not the hardest thing for me to do in the world. <laughs> um, but um, we're in the arena and, you know, I'm dressed up very, very nice. I'm wearing like my four inch heels. So I'm like, I'm six, mm-hmm. seven running around the Staples Center. Right. And I had a couple of, and like my, my biggest task or my gift that day is I had a credential that said E, it says escort. Mm-hmm. So that means that I can move people from any, any place of, of the, the arena. No one in security can tell me anything so long as they have a ticket. And for the NBA, there's a lot of people that, that travel internationally that want to come have conversations. And like, and I had a couple of colleagues that I was close with that would be like, Hey Maria, can you go grab so-and-so my brothers downstairs? And can you go so-and-so? And sometimes they'd be international players. So they, right, right. so I'd be like, Oh yeah, sure. This is my job. So I'm like, this is, I have the escort. Sure. And I had forgotten that I had, I had escorted, um, Mbenga. He, he played for the Lakers. And not only had I escorted him during, during all-star weekend, but when I escorted him in, he had stopped me. He was like, Hey, I have my nephew and like five other people outside. He's like, do you mind if I go get them and grab them? And I was like, okay, sure. Right. Mind you, I was working and probably there was probably like something wrong with the hot dogs upstairs, mm-hmm. but like, I'm like, okay, cool. Go grab them. We'll get everyone. We'll go up. And this is just sure. Why not? We're here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at all-star last year. And uh, the Jordan party is like, everyone wants to like go in and get there. And like, listen, after I work, I work, I want to go to one party and I want right. to go to the Jordan party. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year we ended up going like last minute and, and he was at a party we were at and we had connected and he was like, sure, come. I had, I had my very close best friend from Italy with me. So I wanted mm-hmm. to really, you know, show her a good time. I'm also working, doing a lot of things at once mm-hmm. and I'm in the car and I'm just, we got into the party. He has his own private SUV. And I remember sitting down and I remember saying, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, wow, thank you so much. I'm like, this is, I really, really appreciate this. Not so much for me, for my friend to show my, my best friend a good time. Mm-hmm. Because whenever I'm in Italy, she takes care of like everything. We're always right, in like right. the nicest places. And he goes, you don't, you don't remember what you did for me? You don't remember me? And like, I've, I've done this so many times. So I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no, I got you, you know, All-Star Weekend Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, I remember. He goes, you got like, I couldn't get any tickets and I couldn't get any of my family. And he's like, and I'm, and I have a, like, I'm a champion of like, right. I'm a Lakers champion. I could right. not get more than one ticket to the, to the all-star game, the mm-hmm. Staples center. He goes, I remember he's like, 
you wait, you got me and then you waited for me to go get my family. Right, right. And it's doing, and like some people, some people when their job is done will very, very much not do things like that. Right, right, yeah. Those are things you have to do because you just never know when it's going to come around full circle. And like sometimes, and like people always know when you're faking it. People will always know when you're faking it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people need more empathy in the world. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is like wanting to do that. Like I genuinely right. want to do that. Cause I'm like, sure. Yeah. We're having a, like, all right, cool. I have the right. escort, like bring everyone yeah. in, like, right. cool. Let's get them. Right. Cool. Yeah. And, and I, and I was really, and that was, this was like last, this was like last February. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I kind of like, it's something that stood with me. Cause I, mm-hmm. it was, so, he had done such a nice gesture for me. Like he had like gave me like the ultimate hookups on something I really wanted for my friend that I was trying to like have a good time for. And in my head, I'm like, I'm like, wow. Like I definitely didn't, I didn't. Trials transform my mind. Now in a lot of cases, I see pain as a pleasantry. Tender scenes watching fake love turn real hate. These days I just pray because human ears are born biased anyway. I won fights because the battles I lost mentally. Evil voices in my head pitching ideas with consistency. Life and death in the tongue, so I bite my bullet. I didn't even realize at the time how much that meant to him. Right, right. No, that's big right there. And, and like you said, you never know. Um, right. You never know what type of impact that makes. And I think that's the, shoot, one of the greatest ways to close this is, is with that story right there. And, yep. Um, everyone, you know, do something for, for others and, and make an impact. Because uh, you never know how it might uh, affect anyone. And two... Uh, where can people find you though? Let me, let's, let's do that real quick. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Sometimes my name is not in it on Instagram. I am still so Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, the O in, in the so is actually a zero. So mm-hmm. still, so it's a zero Brooklyn. Um, and then, uh, LinkedIn, I'm very, I'm very conversational on LinkedIn. So if you want to shoot me a note, also, uh, conversational on, on Instagram as well. Okay. And I'm very, I'm very, very often now in clubhouse. I definitely like clubhouse. So I'm talking to everybody. I think that's how we connected. So, right. Exactly. Clubhouse has been a, um, a great place to connect with people too. So, um, tremendous. Once again, this is another episode of game time excellence, where we talk about your mission, mindset, mastery, and maintenance. And, uh, hey, if you if you like this podcast, share it with a friend. And once again, if you didn't like the podcast, still share it with a friend. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, each one, uh, teach one. <laughs> exactly. Um, so y'all have a great day. Don't trade what you want most for what you want in the moment. And uh, stay blessed. Awesome.